gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest Central episode here on Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet, where we discuss all the latest comings and goings in the wrestling world of the past week. My name is David Hockney, I'm back in the hosting chair this week, and well, have we got some news for you this week, is uh, a lot of which has just come within not just the last few days, but within the last like few hours or so at the time of recording, but we'll get straight into it straight away, and I'm not going to do this alone, I've got two very helpful uh, co-hosts uh, for this week's episode. First we have uh, somebody who now looks like the Miz a la 2012 with his curly locks, it is the GOAT, David Campbell. The news coming, I'm telling you, Dave, you won't see it coming, but I promise you'll know this Central is a big show. I can't wait to discuss it. <laughs> Aye, just, as a, just a wee clue as to what the, the talking points will be today. Thank you for that. <laughs> and also joining us with her, accompanied by her faithful octopus, Percy, it is the Bath Bomb Princess, Sarah Grieve. Oh, it's such an eventful week, hasn't it, then, guys? Oh, like, so you know... Eventful. And I know we've said, you know, the last couple of weeks have been fairly quiet in the in the wrestling world, but my God, have we got like a list of topics to discuss here, some of which like absolutely shocking. And uh, but we'll get to that in just a bit. So but I'd like to start things off today, guys, with uh, with the Elimination Chamber fallout. Now, certainly a, a shocking turn of events which happened at this pay-per-view, which occurred uh, last Sunday. Uh, we now had some WrestleMania matches uh, confirmed for April 11th. Uh, but we also have another world title scene which is sort of up in the air right now because uh, we had a, a Money in the Bank cash-in as well against Scotland's own Drew. Yeah. Uh, but I'll start off, uh, of course, with the, the matches that, that have been confirmed for WrestleMania. So, Sarah, Edge has chosen Roman Reigns uh, for his WrestleMania title opportunity. Was that a, f- a foregone conclusion that Edge was going to choose Roman, or did you think, you know, could he possibly choose choose Drew? Nah, I think it was sort of in the bag when he won the Royal Rumble that we, he was going to go after Roman. Because I always, I have always been saying, I've been saying this that Sheamus and Drew are going to be the ones to have that WrestleMania match, and um, just simply because they are the ones that got signed together. They were in the match against each other when they got signed. And so it'll be a, it would be like a really a big thing is like you like you've come full circle. So I think Edge choosing Roman in the way that because it's like I'm the head of the table, I'm like demanding respect and Edge is just like, Yeah, gotta earn your scars <laughs> quoting his t shirt there. Yep. And uh, Goat, the mm. the way he sort of delivered that statement, you know, it was a lot more it had that bigger sort of grandeur effect behind it because it actually came with its own pyro, which I'm sure Quacko will be happy about. Yeah, got to love some pyro. I think um, it came with as a bit of a surprise because the, the match with Daniel Bryan that Roman had before it, there was a point where I was like, oh my God, Bryan's going to beat Roman the road to WrestleMania, which would have completely thrown things off. And to be honest with you, I was expecting Edge to challenge Drew because I thought that Roman had more legitimate challengers on SmackDown. Uh, to his universal title than there were main event players who could possibly you know go for a WWE title match at WrestleMania and Raw I've been proven wrong on that um, but I did like the moment and I loved the moment not only because of the pyro and the sort of like you say the grandiose moment and the point in the design but what are Roman and Edge saying to each other 
My know, spear, on my, SmackDown, we had my spear's better than yours. My spear's better than yours. So we had Roman whispered something in Edge's ear, and then we had a similar moment after Edge, you know, took Roman out um, at the chamber. So it'll be interesting to see how they build this story because I think having Roman versus Edge, that's a good hook. But what's the meat? What's the meat of this tale? What is the story they're going to tell on the road to WrestleMania? I'll be interested to see how that all shapes out. I imagine that's going to unfold between now and WrestleMania. But you know what? I, for one, am excited for it. But something that you actually mentioned there, Go, um, and I'd like to go sort of go into a, one of the other matches that occurred uh, just before this uh, decision took place, and that was the SmackDown mm. Elimination Chamber match, which opened the show. Now, Sarah, obviously, Goat mentions that, you know, there were a ton of credible challengers that could have faced Roman Reigns uh, besides Edge. You know, you had like Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan, and even Cesaro as well, in some aspect, who's been getting a lot of exposure on SmackDown. How do you think that these guys who are sort of on the sort of verge of the upper mid card have sort of portrayed themselves inside the chamber and as credible comp- competitors for the Universal title? I mean, yeah. Because we well we all thought that Daniel Bryan would have been the one to win the Royal Rumble. I mean, at least a, a lot of us did. So having like him come out on top in the chamber match didn't really surprise anybody. Because um, it was either that or Jo. So was just gonna you know lie down to his cousin and just like yeah, just pin me, bitch. But <laughs> like having like the the credible competitors that like Cesaro, I love him and how he's not gotten more exposure because like he's only ever really been part of like a tag team or a stable mm-hmm. in a way like when he was part of the real americans and then in a tag team with sheamus and a tag team sort of joe what he's really made of apart from like being like the first andre um battle royal winner mm-hmm. as well but i think everyone kind of forgets that he is like the strongest man clearly in WWE and that's not including Mark Henry because that was a title he had years ago it's not it, it, you can't recycle it right Cesaro could easily could easily out muscle him mm-hmm. so yeah I think like the having like all those credible challengers and we've seen like the great matches that Kevin Owens has been having lately like with Roman Reigns like there's there is so many people like I kind of half expected like a fatal four way or something Um, so yeah, it's it's very, very up in the air. And also the fact that we don't really know what's going on with Big E. So you're like, what are all these credible challengers going to be doing with yeah. themselves? Well, I think it sort of hits the point home that SmackDown is where it's all happening. And, you know, and you made a lot of good references to, to um, Cesaro there. Uh, Go, what do you think is the next step for Cesaro, given that he actually started the Elimination Chamber match and very nearly made it all the way to the end? I mean, that... That, you know, Brian's obviously been pushing for him to get a lot mm. more exposure and a lot more uh, a lot more wins under his belt. Do you think he could potentially be Universal Champion at some point this year? No. Um, I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened at the Chamber. And I hate saying that. You know, I hate to be the, the bearer of bad news or the one to burst the bubble. But I think Cesaro always seems... It reminds me of way back in 2014 when Cesaro was really hot heading into that Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship. And then he got a brief push after that and it slowly fizzled out. I think something similar is going to happen here. He was hot leading into this Chamber. Great moments in the Chamber. The moment you know, he does the pull-ups. I mean, that was great. You know, the pull-ups <laughs> yeah. at the top. <laughs> No, it's just it's fantastic. 
But one thing Sarah said that really stuck with me, he's never shown as a single star. He has always been as part of a stable as a tag team. And WWE are going to go back to that. My prediction for Cesaro in Road to WrestleMania, I think he'll be Rollins' opponent at Fastlane. And I think mm-hmm. Rollins will move on to face Brian. Cesaro is going to turn on Brian and he's going to join with Rollins um, as part of a new stable embracing the vision of Rollins. And those two will go forward as a tag team, I think. Um, and it, is it what I want to see from Cesaro? Maybe, because Rollins is no slouch. Like, that's a main event tag team right there. You know, it's a prominent position in the card. And I don't think that... People seem to have this perception if Cesaro doesn't win the World Championship, Cesaro is a failure. Cesaro has operated at a very high level in WWE for a long time now. Think about how many guys have came and went in the time that Cesaro has been there and how many moments that Cesaro's had. And I am in the camp and I understand why people want him to have that world title run. But if he doesn't get it, it's not the worst thing in the world as long as he gets part of a good story and cements himself in another good position on the card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Sarah, just to talk about the winner of this match, Daniel Bryan goes straight into the Universal title match with Roman, which I think we kind of all saw coming. But did you expect... You know, Brian to immediately counter the spear into a yes lock, and you had that moment of like, oh my god, Brian's gonna win. I mean, considering that Brian, like, see before that, like before this match even started, they talked about how could Daniel Bryan go on and face two matches in the one night? Like, bitch, do you not remember WrestleMania? (laughs) (laughs) I know this was one after another, but it's Daniel freaking Bryan. We've seen him conquer the impossible in the past, so the whole countering the spear into the yes lock did not shock me did not shock me whatsoever like yeah he was like lying down but all all you have to do is get a little bit of time to recover like waiting on the referee going are you okay and he's just like i can just wait this out until i feel actually okay (laughs) but it's daniel bryan he is like he's like the superhero that everyone wants to be in real life uh like when you look at like wrestling superheroes daniel bryan is probably one of the ones that a lot of people will bring up so if you say if he's able to go on beat triple h and then later in the night, go on to beat like two other men, including Batista, right? Yeah! I walk for miles inside this pit of danger. Like, <laughs> it, th- they were all Hall of Famers that he beat in that one night. I was like, yeah, it didn't shock me that it was going to happen, but it didn't shock me that he managed to counter that, that spear because the spear mm. is not always reliable. Mm, not in the hands of Batista, at least, but you know, absolutely not. <laughs> Edge, Edge does, Edge still does the best one, I reckon. Which, uh, on that note, I will, I will plug. We will have a show on Edge coming out in the coming weeks here on Eat Sleep Sleep Plays Retweet. You can catch it on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, all good Android podcasting sites, and be sure to join in the conversation uh, on social media too at Suplex Retweet on Twitter and our community page on Facebook. So be sure to keep an eye on that. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll move in now to the other side of the, the world title picture, which does look to be a lot more loaded, shall we say, rather than, you know, we've got having a match in place. This match is kind of a bit more up in the air because Drew McIntyre, Scottish warrior that he is, manages to successfully defend against five other guys inside the chamber, only to be beaten down by a very irate Bobby Lashley, who just lost the US title to Matt Riddle earlier in the night. And then all of a sudden you hear... Awesome. Miz cashes in, hits a skull crushing finale, and boom. Two time cash in, two time WWE champion. Goat, what is your initial reaction to the Miz becoming a two time WWE champion? This was exactly what was needed on the road to WrestleMania in the sense of Monday Night Raw. How many weeks has the entire panel here at ESSR 
complained that Raw is the inferior show, complained that it's predictable. And I'll say this about Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre has helped carry the WWE through uncharted territory, through uncharted waters in this pandemic era. However, there reaches a point with every babyface champion, I don't care who you are, where a long reign gets extremely stale. And I felt that Drew McIntyre was getting extremely stale. Now, people seem to have a problem with champions losing their title. Drew McIntyre could win this title back at WrestleMania and he could lose it the night after and then win it back. And he would be no better or no worse than The Rock was in the Attitude Era. You know what I mean? So to everyone saying it's a disaster, it's a catastrophe. All you Tommy Sheridans out there that, you know, that, that, that he, he's lost the WWE Championship. Cam your ham. This opens up the storytelling possibilities. It sets us up. We know where this is going. We had the Lashley stuff on Raw. It looks very likely that Lashley will be the one to carry the WWE Championship into WrestleMania. On the like, We've seen the deal that was made with them at the Chamber and then the fallout on Raw. I'm happy with that. Lashley deserves it. Lashley has been an absolute trooper since he returned to WWE and now he's shown truly what he can do. Let's have Lashley versus Drew, perhaps, for the WWE Championship at Mania. Let Miz lose it. He's a cowardly heel. It doesn't hurt him to lose the title quickly. He's had another run under his belt that he can, you know, be braggadocious about and let him go and fight, you know, Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. <laughs> you know, it's great. I don't, I really, Dave, I'll say this, right? Normally I understand people's criticisms. I, I don't understand the criticism for this one. I just don't get it. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that because, you know, it's not something we've seen before and I'm pretty sure there was there was an even bigger outrage when Jinder Mahal won the WWE Championship. So I don't know why people are getting mad at this. And he it was a Money in the Bank cash-in as well. He's a former champion. He's not he's no stranger to being WWE champion either. And Sarah, obviously, you know, the Miz relished in this heat he was getting and he goes straight onto social media, literally just winding up the, the WWE universe. Do you think this actually just highlights how good of a character the Miz is and he knows how to respond to what the fans think of him? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean Miz has always been that guy that just knows how to make you hate him. Mm. Like he doesn't even have to do much. Like he could just look in a very strange way. And you're like, I fucking hate that guy. <laughs> like he could just stand there. You're like, I fucking. It's just it maybe just a face. <laughs> like, I fucking hate that guy. I fucking right, hate him. The world's like, most punchable face. Yeah. Well, this is why I keep thinking that MJF is going to be like the next Miz in terms of just like that person you're like I just want to punch him in the face right because that's the job of a heel they make you're supposed to want to punch them in the face you're supposed to hate them right mm. yes you, you may love to hate them that's a whole different story but they're supposed to make you hate them and that's what Miz does like this, the smug character that he doesn't even need to change his gimmick over the years he just has to just you know keep up with the times and the current trends to make you hate him, you're like, ah, fuck. <laughs> just, like, see if he does something, you're like, God damn it! <laughs> I think obviously, yeah. as a obviously as a reality TV star, he has that that wherewithal to know what's going on around him. Oh, uh, I can't know. wait for the new season of Miz and Misses. Yeah, he knows he knows how to act as the Miz, oh, and he knows he knows how to act as the Miz, and he knows how to be Mike. You know, and, and obviously, yeah. Sarah, we, we discussed this on like a really old episode of Suplex and Binge where we discussed yeah. the, the first season. And you can see that, you know, the Miz persona is completely different to what Mike is. But, you know, oh, Mike, Mike's a dork. Hey, <laughs> Mike, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, he's in tune with, with his character so well. And that's why he comes across so well. And as you said, you know, we've got Miz and Misses coming out with new episodes. Oh, button. Yep. So I wonder if maybe this is a 
I mean, if it was just a coincidence that Miz cashed in at the same time Miz no. announces new episodes. There's Absolutely no such thing not. as coincidences. This is this was planned. Like, and that's not cynical to say. It's a smart move if you're the if you're the USA <laughs> network to say, by the way, Miz is the star of this new show. Uh, we've got coming back, you know, for its third season. Maybe just remind people that you know we like the Miz. You know, just <laughs> go WWE, do your yeah. thing. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not cynical to say that. It's smart business. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And plus, it's it's basically just 2010 all over again. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Uh, but talk, just going back to the, the WWE title situation. My time machine worked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but going back to the WWE title situation uh, for WrestleMania, it's obviously still lots up in the air, but we have, uh, there have been rumours going around that some sources are saying that Bobby Lashley is rumoured to be in the WrestleMania WWE title match. Miz apparently won't be. So it, it makes you wonder, you know, is Miz just going to be a transitional champion? Is he going to lose at Fastlane? And it also raises the question, what's going to happen with Drew? And possibly even Sheamus? Uh, Go, what do you? Th- what are your thoughts on that? My initial, my instinct is Sheamus will be the casualty in all this. Um, my instinct is that Sheamus will end up in the Andre uh, Battle Royal, that Sheamus will be a programme for Drew after Mania at this point, because common sense would dictate that Bobby wins it at Fastlane, whether it be one-on-one against The Miz in a rematch, because I don't think he wins it on Raw. I think there'll be shenanigans there. And whether it's one-on-one against Miz and a triple threat involving Drew, Bobby wins it at Fastlane. They go on to have their one-on-one match at Mania between Bobby and Drew. Drew gets the moment in front of the fans. Miz and Morrison are clearly going to be taking on Bad Bunny and Damien Priest or Damien uh, Priest uh, and uh, 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 <laughs> and or and or Damien Priest and the five time five time five time five time five time WCW champion Booker T. Alright, it's gonna be it's gonna be one of those two options and I think it, it may be it may sound predictable we're like oh this will clearly be the steps in the road to WrestleMania now. But those sound like good things that I want to see, you know? And I've not had that sense of good certainty when it comes to Monday Night Raw for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not had anything to look forward to, and I'm looking forward to now a lot of the storylines playing out on Raw. Yeah, I think what the I think what the lesson here is, you know, SmackDown's a safe haven for talented superstars, and they've got their, their title match in place, but Raw, you know, has sort of added a bit more intrigue to it, and that might actually draw in some viewers, which um, mm-hmm. is actually quite a clever play, you know, mixing up the title scene so soon before WrestleMania. Uh, but Sarah, I just want to get your thoughts quickly. Uh, Elimination Chamber, a lot of people were thinking, you know, are we just going to have Drew versus Sheamus one-on-one? And it doesn't look like that's going to be the case going forward. Do you think that's some that's a match you would have wanted to see, given that these guys have got uh, so much history with each other, like 20 years of friendship? I mean, it would have been cool. It w- Like, don't get me wrong, it would have been cool. And, like, the whole story coming from the Indies together all the way through to, like, the main event of WrestleMania. Like, who doesn't love that story? But with all fairness, that could easily be a post-WrestleMania too. Like, that could be a SummerSlam match. Because SummerSlam, they say, is, like, the biggest part of the summer. They need... Like, we always say this, and it's something that Ross is always to say. It's like, you need to have stuff for after WrestleMania. So, mm. putting the seeds in now, especially because Drew will probably end up, like, falling from grace and Bobby Lashley is going to, you know, get that spotlight. Because, don't get me wrong, Bobby Lashley is really, really really underutilized mm-hmm. and like me and Dan were saying that he's one of the only superstars that looks the exact same than he did when he debuted 
Like he has yeah. not changed. <laughs> and he lost his eyebrows, but he has not changed. Okay. Would you say and, Mez, would you say Mez looks the same though? Because he looks like he hasn't aged in like fifteen years. No, Mez looks, looks better like now. Mez looks better Mez, now. I probably because he has slightly shorter hair. Yeah. Like the only Matt, other person Matt I... looking great, by the way. I thought that's in the chamber. I was like, that man's skin. Like, what product is he using? Like, <laughs> like the only other person I've ever compared to, like looking the same as when they debuted was Tommy Dreamer because he looks pretty much the same. Right. Mm. Um. Yeah. So, but like Bobby's never really been pushed in the way that he really should be. And especially now that he's got MVP with him, like we know that Bobby Lash has not always been the best soccer. That's been mm-hmm. his downfall. But he's now got MVP, who's one of the greatest people on the mic. Mm-hmm. So it's a no-brainer. Like I would actually like to see Bobby Lashley be WWE champion. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Drew, but there's only like they said, there's only so much you can do mm-hmm. when you're a babyface champion. Especially there's no fans. There is only a fraction of the roster that's actually probably there. Like you forget yeah. that there's still like loads of folks that are not getting used because of COVID, or that can't be there because of COVID, or you're like, right, we don't have a plan for you because of COVID. So, yeah. mm-hmm. but I would I would like to see a nice wee rivalry between Drew and Sheamus. I don't think it'll happen now. They'll put the seeds in, but it'll probably end up. It'll be like a post WrestleMania for Summer yeah. SummerSlam rivalry. It'll, it'll lose like a contenders match. And you said you mentioned SummerSlam, Sarah, but I think there was someone who was um, touted for WrestleMania glory that we could bask in, and we haven't quite seen it due to a number of factors. I think that SummerSlam will be the rivalry for Keith Lee versus Drew at long last and I'm very much looking forward to that but we can get we can get Keith Lee versus Brock Lesnar we never got that after the Royal Rumble do I trust it don't know. I would love it. He's like, Ooh, big boy. boy. It's just yeah. that reaction. Just but like, that, that, see that it's like when you play the, the pie game. What's that game? The the cream pie thing, right? And you you twist the, the wall. thing, right? Oh, pie face. Right? Pie face. It's like when you play, play pie face, game. right? Well, hear me uh, out here. Uh, uh, right, we, we've pushed the button with Brock too many times, right? Brock has put so many people over recently. Right, at what point do we push the button and we just get like a face full of cream? That is my point here. Like, and I don't want to push the button in Keith Lee. And it turns out Brock beats him after 1 F5. Right? Well, that just scares me. He's not going to do that. It'll be fine. It'll no. be fine. You don't anyway, know Brock. back you don't to know the wrestling. Full of cream. <laughs> Anyway, back to the wrestling. So, um, just to briefly mention some of the other storylines going on with the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. It's um, obviously Shayna and Nia retain against Sasha and Bianca. Reginald being a dick, unfortunately. Uh, being a dick, how dare you? He was only but, trying to help. Uh, Shana- I love Reggie. <laughs> But Shane and Nia are going to be busy for the next few weeks as well. Like, you know, they've got Dakota and Raquel on NXT and they could possibly have Lana and Naomi uh, somewhere down the line. Do you think... Come on, Lana! <laughs> could you, do you think these two have actually become, like, fully a fully-fledged tag team now as opposed to, right, oh, when are they going to implode? Because we often see that, you know, with two, two superstars who don't often... Like who, do, who didn't get along at first to start with and then but yet they sort of just gel as a tag team and go that way for years we've seen it with team hell no we saw it with the bar uh do you think shana naya sarah is the the sort of the new the new bar as it were well first of all how dare naya pin the smackdown women's champions like how dare she first of all right and second of all probably 
but I, I was discussing this with Daniel. Like, it's the fact that you need something for Naya to do, right? And Shayna, I think that they've not, they've decided to sort of rein in the push that, like, she was a star in NXT. They knew how to use her, but then she was brought to Raw, and then it just went. Like, that was basically it. It's like, well, you need her to do something. And it's like, you know what? Everyone can, everyone can just wrestle around Naya. She could do the odd Samoan drop, the old leg drop. And uh, that's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but go, oh, the, go. I want to turn my turn your attention to Asuka, who was mm. supposed to have a, a Raw Women's title match against Lacey Evans. But, of course, Lacey gets pregnant legit. And the match got cancelled. You know, there was no mention of it on the show at all. And now, because of Shayna, she ended up losing a tooth. So, do you think Asuka's stock has actually started to fall now? Uh, given that, you know, she was on such a, a huge run for the majority of last year. Listen, don't you dare blame my sweet Shayna for Asuka losing that tooth. All right, Asuka should have stronger teeth, that's what I say. Um, <laughs> but, um, I feel that Asuka has drawn a short straw and I don't want to speak ill of Charlotte Flair because Charlotte Flair is a good wrestler but she's kind of poisonous to the booking of everyone around her like cause, because Charlotte Flair needs to be protected and Charlotte Flair needs to be at the forefront of things as soon as Asuka got paired with Charlotte Asuka was number two and you can't have Asuka as Raw Women's Champion be number two she was playing third f- fiddle in that rivalry between Lacey and Charlotte that, that, that's that's the story there and now there's no clear plan or build to Wrestlemania for Asuka see if we did this like if we had the sort of same situation with Asuka from six months ago we'd be looking forward to wondering who's Asuka going to face at Mania who's it going to be who's going to be an opponent what dream match can we see Asuka go in I don't feel that way about Asuka right now I'm kind of like uh, she's probably going to lose to whoever she comes up against at Mania so what's really the point? I'm not really invested in this match. If it's Rhea Ripley, I'm putting like £200 at least on like Rhea working out oh, of WrestleMania yeah. as Raw Women's Champion. You know what I mean? Because Asuka just feels like she has no momentum behind her and she's kind of like the female Braun Strowman at this point. They can both have excellent years. Both of them could have the year of their career and it would come to WrestleMania and WWE would have absolutely no plans for them and just halt the momentum. That's what it feels like with Asuka year on year. Uh, you're not wrong. I mean, WrestleMania 35, you know, she was relegated to the Battle Royal literally, I think it was about a week uh, before, well, a week after she lost the SmackDown title. And remember how raging I was at that? Like, do you remember my reaction to that? Like, I was you were, utterly you were fuming. furious, like, furious about it. And rightfully so, it's going to happen again that, like, I'm sort of like, numb to it and a bit jaded you know what I mean so I'm not going to be as angry this time round but it's just indicative of this booking of the women's division on the brand that Charlotte Flair's on you know Mm. that's just a matter of fact yeah Uh, but Sarah we also did see on Raw a teaser promo for someone that Goat's already mentioned Rhea Ripley is going to be coming to Raw now obviously we saw her in the Royal Rumble match she was runner up fair play to her Mm. Uh, but does that add actually intrigue for the Raw Women's title match? You know, could we see Asuka versus Rhea Ripley and would you want to see it at WrestleMania? We all know it's going to be Rhea Ripley because who else is she going to face? Lana? Lana Flair? Oh, not Lana. <laughs> what, is she, what is Charlotte going to do? Jesus fuck. She's going to, she's going to lie down to Lana. That's go, what she's going to do. Go, give yourself a drink. You, you look like you're stressing out over there. <laughs> really stressing out. It's, it's flashbacks again. Get that time I mean, machine put away. 
it wouldn't it wouldn't like be an awful thing to have maybe a triple threat match for the Raw Women's title at WrestleMania because we would lo- I would love to see like that rematch between Charlotte and Rhea. Um because in this way you could maybe have Rhea pin Charlotte or in some way just because that would be a nice throwback to last year's WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I would really like to see and the fact that they still had that ongoing rivalry when Io Shirai was put into the mix in NXT, so it wouldn't shock me. Like it actually wouldn't shock me if Asuka was to lose the championship to Charlotte at Fastlane and then Rhea be the one to become the number one contender for WrestleMania. It wouldn't shock me. Well, there's certainly certainly options to consider, but you know, here's hoping we get uh, Rhea Ripley in the in the Raw Women's Title picture at come WrestleMania because I think you know she's very popular amongst all of us here. In the Charlotte park. Flair for Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, might as well. Everyone right? needs to do it. Hi. Yeah. Uh, so moving now into some other WWE news that have uh, piqued our interest this week. Um, Sasha Banks was on Broken Skull Sessions this week. You know, she goes into deep conversation about how she took time off following WrestleMania 35 and how she was dealing with this uh, depression. I don't know if you guys uh, had the chance to to watch it yet, but did you see what Vince actually said when she asked him for time off? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're okay. <laughs> I, the only thing that I saw is that um, when she was back in NXT that she was convinced that she was going to get released and that's when she came up with the boss character but other than that I don't know what Vince said to her no right. basically she was asking for a uh, release like she the, the whole interview Dave it was really candid and one it struck me as Austin is probably one of the best interviewers in all of wrestling today. he is, he is like, criminally underrated as, a, as an interviewer he can he can just relate to people because um, even when she was like oh it was just everything he was like oh I've been there like and he referenced the Brock Lesnar incident that made him walk out and just sort of relating to her but she was just like um, very candid and open about the fact that she was severely depressed at that time um, and said that she couldn't feel anything really when she won the women's tag belts um, and even though she knew it was a huge moment for Bailey and the sort of women's division as a whole um, and she did ask for time off and it's, it was re- this really interesting line she said I didn't know who I was anymore you know I would be working five out of seven days a week and I wouldn't hear my real name I would hear with Sasha Banks you know I wouldn't hear um, Mercedes and I thought that was a really powerful thing um, to be honest I think the whole interview if people haven't listened to it they should go and check it out it's a very good interview um, and it really got me invested not in Sasha Banks but in Mercedes uh, Mercedes Bernardo um, and it's someone who I really hope uh, shines bright in whatever she does especially you know her acting career with her mm-hmm. the Mandalorian you know I love as Chancellor Mandalorian. as Chancellor Palpatine said we will watch your career with great interest we'll see what happens <laughs> you know? I mean she certainly seems a lot happier these days as opposed to you know a couple of years ago when obviously she was going through this depressive phase and you know as you said Stone Cold was really good at you know sort of relating to it he was talking about the time where you know he infamously took his ball and went home and he was away for eight months you know he, mm. he sort of could relate to that uh, but yeah I recommend anybody on WWE Network if you've got some free time definitely watch it because you get to see a lot more of of Mercedes as opposed to Sasha mm-hmm. even though we yeah. did see it in the WWE 24 documentary about her when she came back mm-hmm. yeah so yeah de- definitely something worth watching um now between now and Wrestlemania we do have one more pay-per-view Fastlane and it's going to be Following this deal with uh, Peacock that the WWE Network has uh, has done, that Peacock's going to be streaming WWE shows on it now, Fastlane is now going to be the first 
uh, pay-per-view to be streamed on Peacock. And um, we'll get mm-hmm. to see this new this new deal in action. Do you guys uh, are you guys interested in Peacock at all? Or are you guys going to stick with the the WWE network? Because personally, well, I stick with the latter. It, well, it doesn't matter for us. Um, it's a US yeah. thing only. Basically, that's true, yeah. that's true. Yeah. yeah, basically, the deal is that um, the network just becomes part of Peacock. Peacock. So if you're subscribed to the network, you will become a subscriber to Peacock. So it's great for the US consumer. It's fantastic for the US consumer because for the same price they're getting, they can watch, you know, Fastlane and then watch the US office. You know what I mean? Like they can, you know, they can do both for the same price. For WWE, it's a good deal. They're obviously seeing profitability in it. They're seeing the money in it and they're getting a better return for their buck, mm-hmm. which obviously is a fantastic deal. Not only the money deal, I'm convinced there'll be an equity share they'll have in Peacock as a service at this point as well. Like more, um, eyes, more, eyes on the pr- more eyes on the product, as it were. More eyes on the product as well. You know, the, the casual fan who's just surfing Peacock, we've all been there on our streaming sites, like not knowing mm-hmm. what to watch. And they're like, oh, uh, the wrestling, I used to like the wrestling. Let's see what's happening. You know, nowadays is is, is Big John Studd still fighting? You know, I don't know why. <laughs> a 90-year-old man's going to be in Peacock at that time of night. Uh, the only concern I do have is for Peacock itself, how long will it last? I've, I've been very open and vocal uh, on my film podcast um, about the streaming war and the casualties that will result from the streaming war and people trying to essentially take their own wee corners of the market with the properties that they have. So Peacock, obviously, the universal properties. We have Disney+, Plus, we have HBO Max. That can't last forever. And there will be companies that won't be able to, to do it. So I'm concerned for Peacock, not for WWE, because I think it's a great deal for them, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Sarah, anything you want to add to that? I mean, coming from being a current film and media student, it's it's a, especially when you're talking about the whole digital era. Like David said, there's going to be like a big competitiveness that sooner or later it might just end up blowing up in most people's faces. Especially like we all love being spoiled for choice, but when it comes to certain things, there's some things that should just no be touched. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, and if it could hold up the traffic as well that's going to be bringing that because it's not even going to be bringing wrestling fans but you're going to have the mainstream fans mm-hmm. yeah. that are going to come to it because we've already had the exposure from like Bad Bunny and now that it's going to Peacock like David said you can watch Fastlane and then watch The Office mm-hmm. like right after it you could easily um, draw. You could easily draw in a much more casual audience. You know, you yeah. have some folk. You yeah. know, just watch it for the entertainment factor. But you know, you've got folk like us. You know, who are like wrestling fans. They, we like to be invested in the in the product and the and the storytelling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's. It, I think it's definitely a good way to appeal to a lot of audiences. And obviously, Peacock is just a, a thing in the US, so it'll it'll draw them in a lot more. Whereas for us, you know, we'll still tune in via the network. But yeah. you say, I think. Go, you actually brought up an interesting point like how long is it going to last because obviously we're still in the we're basically in the tail end of the the pandemic uh now because the uk is hopefully going to get some normality by around the summertime with the vaccine rollout give or take uh but we've been given the gift of being in the a digital age of streaming to keep us entertained through staying at home uh do you think you know once the pandemic's over, do you think streaming, the, the amount of streaming that's going on is actually going to decline? And, you know, that's where you think, you know, do you think services like Peacock will suffer as a result of people sort of trying to get back to normality and being sort of more out and about as opposed to being inside for so long? 
it's a really tough one because disposable income goes down when you know a lot more things are open up so I, I, but I think that's part and parcel with the problem I said about the number of services whether the streaming numbers go down I don't think that'll be the case I think traditional television providers are maybe getting a bit of a boost right now because of people being at home in terms of the daytime switching your sky I see those numbers dropping uh, quicker than I see for example you know viewership of a platform like Disney Plus dropping because I think that whether it was a pandemic or not Marvel fans would be watching one division you know so i don't necessarily see the streaming numbers going down but i could see sort of traditional television numbers going down which mm-hmm. would be a bad sign for you know monday night raw friday night smackdown nxt and aw you know an impact yeah and uh, you know as we've seen the, the ratings for for monday night raw have been in free fall for most of 2020 mm-hmm. so it's yeah. uh, i think you might be right about the whole the whole tv ratings debate yeah it's it's a bit of a strange one like like what david said as well it's going to take a big impact especially on the, the TV channels because as you move into that age of relying on digital streaming services like this is when you need to start taking a look and saying right how are we going to do it for Monday Night Raw how are we going to keep our viewership because we all know that when it comes to Raw viewership is always down it's trying to get like trying to get that stuff up so I know viewership as well for like is a big thing in America like they they love their ratings like a lot more than what the UK does. I don't think we give a shit about ratings, mm. um, apart from unless you're a TV station, of course. Like <laughs> yeah. then you care about yeah. rating. But like when it's talk about the ratings war, the it's 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 going to take it is going to take a big dip, especially just because people do rely on having things at their own leisure mm-hmm. and yeah. like having everything fit around them. So yeah, yeah. Uh, well, one other story that actually it was a very strange story to come out of WWE this week. Uh, a number of superstars were seen posting on Twitter that uh, the sky is blue. You know, this was posted by Cedric Alexander, Mia Yim, Bobby Lashley, Andrade, uh, and a few other superstars as well. Uh, but nobody seems to know what it's referring to. Is that a WWE storyline? Is it just a prank? Uh, but I want to get your guys' opinion of it. What do you think this uh, the sky is blue tweets are all about? Not gonna lie, I've had to um, you know go and check on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I really it don't know. A, it, it seems to be a solidarity thing. Like from what I could tell, Andrade actually tagged Shelton Benjamin in his tweet mm. about it. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be a a solidarity thing. I think. Yeah, it could be the case. I'm, I'm just trying to like interpret it as though it's like a code. Like it could, it could be the case. Like just try to keep yourself positive. Remember, the sky is blue. Like it's it's not great. It's not cloudy or stuff like that. You know, at first I thought it might be a comparison. Like the grass is greener. Like sort of maybe yeah, remind yeah. WWE that they have other options at their disposal because you notice the superstars that tweeted it could be seen to be maybe in their opinion underutilized. Mm. Uh, so that would be that's my best guesses on it. But I'm not. Not entirely sure, Dave, to be honest with you. I'm surprised Buddy Murphy wasn't one of those people because he posted a tweet as well uh, about the the Royal Elimination Chamber saying, uh, you know, why are we having a chamber with former WWE champions when we should be having a chamber for future superstars? And he was tagging a lot of names in there. I've seen Nikki Cross was one of the people who said the sky is blue as well. So you might be right. Maybe it could be 
uh, a stand of solidarity for underutilized talent. But maybe, maybe we're reading into this too much. Maybe it's just like a, it could be something as simple as like, is that why Bobby Lashley's getting a WWE Championship match? Is that why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know, Dave, because like there is there's been this talk of unionization. Um, and they're bubbling up and we know there's discontent backstage particularly from the Raw brand for what we've been hearing uh, you know what I mean like these these people know that they can go wherever they want you know they're, they're in control of their own destiny and they don't need to be sitting in catering if they really don't want to be there you know mm-hmm. and it's reminding WWE of that it's reminding WWE of their value I wouldn't be surprised if it was something to do with that if it was something, something to do with making sure that WWE knew they were there knew that they had a voice, knew that they could make a wave. You know, this might have been as simple as we're going to do this to show you how much interest we can drum up with four words. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a, a rally cry, as it were. Kind of. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Uh, I, tell you, I tell you what, I mean, if it is some sort of rally cry and stuff, then fair play to them, you know, that's that's their, uh, their mantra. But... How stupid do you think we'll look if it turns out, you know, it was just a, a silly game, you know, that some of the backstage superstars were playing? I mean, I've been we're, not wrong the, before. We're, we're not the ones going, oh, it means this, and oh, it means that. <laughs> we're just going, it could mean this. Aye, we're we just, don't know. We're a bit, we we're don't just, know. Aye, we're just speculating here. We don't have any uh, concrete, you know, indicators about what this this could mean. But I think we're just I mean, opening we're just opening it to interpretation here. It might just be a joke on someone that like thinks that they're colorblind. It's like oh, the sky is gray, and you're like, the sky is gray. <laughs> the, sky is, the sky is white and gold. <laughs> People love it when I'm wrong, anyway. You know, from the guy yeah, that got you, John, John Moxley is still in WWE. You know, <laughs> I mean, he has exp- he has said never say never recently, hasn't he? Uh, he Aye, said well. Christian as well. Uh, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that's uh, that's going to do with our WWE news this week. I'm going to jump straight into now a story from Progress, which came out this week. And it looks like they've been keeping a lot of people in the dark because um, an article from undis- uh, an article's been come out that Progress had actually undisclosed the fact that Paul Robinson has been working as an agent at their tapings. Uh, and as we all know, Paul Robinson's been in the in the news for a lot of the wrong reasons. Uh, you know, given the the speaking out movement last year, I uh, I'm just going to open it up to the the pair of you. Do you think progress should have been a lot more transparent about this? Yes. Yeah, you kind of keep shit like that a secret. Mm. I mean, yeah. just given how much you know controversy it stirred up, you'd expect you know. I mean, I know I'm venturing into dangerous territory here because it's quite a still quite a, a controversial subject, but it's uh, surely I think you know promoters would want to disclose these sorts of things rather because if you're sort of keeping on something under wraps it makes you think you know they don't want to be seen as the, this is the company that's got such and such doing this and stuff especially Listen, given, given all the it's a big press. break on the network i mean no wonder they kept like i would say no wonder they kept it a secret because you've seen so many dodgy characters in wrestling especially behind the scenes that you're not going to want to go into having your comeback on the WWE network of all places with with negative like energy and negative press. So like I'm not defending them, Christ's sake, I will never defend progress. Yeah. Um, but you uh, like if you're thinking in the in the mind of a weasel, right? I'm gonna think <laughs> in the mind of a weasel that you're gonna if you're gonna be loyal to someone, then 
it's always going to be that way. Like, I don't know who's still pally with who and whatnot. But... Spot on. Oh, Spot yeah. On, you know, and that's that Dave said it's controversial. I don't think it's there's anything controversial about saying people who abuse women or abuse positions of power, you know, are. I don't want to, you know, get us in trouble for saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> saying a word that I shouldn't be saying uh, on the airwaves. But the very fact that they didn't disclose this, they then said, they released a statement saying, oh, we did people. If you really told people, there wouldn't have been the surprise. You know what I mean? They wouldn't have to put out this press release and say yeah, about would, it. You wouldn't have had to do a bloody press release about the full thing. And it goes down to the very core of what the Speaking Out movement was about. The Speaking Out movement was about years of people protecting their pals and turning a blind eye to things and trying to speak things under the rug and expecting people not to see anything. They didn't expect talent. They didn't expect people to raise their concerns. They're just like, oh, if you're there, show up, it'll be fine. No one's going to say anything. We can move on from it. That is not the case these days. You cannot get away with that now. And progress Mm -hmm. The fact that they didn't learn that lesson shows that the people in power have still not truly got it, have still yeah. not truly understood it. Mm-hmm. And you that is that is a, a big tarnish in that company who were meant to be trying to rebuild, who were meant to be trying to change the image of themselves. And they have the audacity and the contempt for the fans and contempt for the people of the Speaking Out movement to try and pull something like that, to try and pull the rug over people's eyes. It's disgraceful, and I hope that WWE pulls the progress deal. Mm. I mean, you never know. I mean, this could have, you might have, we might have, uh, uh, with this story out, you know, we could be seeing a, a chain of events unfolding as a result, but I think it's just worth something to keep an eye on, at least see what, see where mm-hmm. we go from there. Uh, and you know what, Go, I think it, it does sound a bit extreme, but I don't think it would surprise anybody at this stage if WWE ended up pulling the progress deal as a result. <laughs> Why do they need to associate themselves with a company who are like that? You know, mm. and who have proven to. who have proven after getting called out that they're just going to try and repeat the same chain of events and then repeat the same behaviour that mm. got us in this position in the first place. No, cut their ties with them. And I don't say that as a knock to the talent that are there. I'm sure the talent at Progress are, are magnificent, but hopefully they can you know find work with other companies that will give them a platform you know just as big. It's it's also the fact that they were like. We only told the people that needed to know. You're like, uh, fuck off. Yeah. Everyone needs to know that. Like, it's the same if you hire a like a convicted sex offender. Like, for example, you mm-hmm. have to make people aware of it. Like, it's mm-hmm. the law. Like, I know that it's te- like to do arresting. It's not the law. I know that there's a possibility of things like that becoming a law, but it's no different. Then if you tr- if you hire an ex-convict, you have to make people aware of it. Mm. So <laughs> keeping it hush hush and just keeping it between them. Yeah, like, it's the boys' club again. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think that's what more people were upset about is the fact that progress weren't transparent about this. But uh, let's uh, uh, let's go to let's go to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Story yeah. just come out that Marty Scurll. Oh, well, thank God I'm here. <laughs> yeah, oh, thank God you're here. Go yeah. <laughs> Uh, Marty Skrull's been seen backstage at uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling tapings. This is where uh, you left him in. Yeah. This, seems like the same su- this feels like the same subject. We've just went from one speaking out to another. At least they've, at least like somebody's mentioned that he's been there. New Japan have not mentioned it themselves, but then again, they still use Will Osprey mm. and Chase Owens, who have both been named in the speaking out movement. So 
then again, I still love New Japan, but yeah, they they still they, they don't care. I don't think they care, or they're very oblivious to it because you know Japanese people are very kind. I'll say kind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say kind. Yeah. So yeah, that that's uh, that's the the scoop from from New Japan that we have. Uh, but we're now gonna spend the the remainder of the show. Uh, well, actually, no. Before we do that, I'll uh, I'll jump to Sarah quickly. Uh, what's the news from from Impact this week? Ah, it's been so much fun. Moose decided that he was going to kill Jake something after his table match with Dina, and um, try and hijack the show, saying he wants his world championship match against Rich One. Rich One's not clear to compete, so out comes Scott Demore, and he decides to. First, we'll try and hold off Jake something because Jake something looks like he's going to try and kill Moose. Um, but goes off on a rant and saying that, like, you've been walking around because Moose just found the TNA Heavyweight Championship just lying around. It just found it and decided, you know what, this is mine. <laughs> and I'm going to hold it and I'm going to be a champion, even though it was not a recognized title. But as of Impact last night, Scott Demore went and made the TNA World Heavyweight Championship an official title in TNA again, making the fact that they've now got like four singles championships and two tag team championships, which is awesome. I mean, that's probably all you need, isn't it? For uh, Moose is an official champion. Hey, (laughs) Moose. Moose. (laughs) Yeah, that's Uh, a scoop from Impact. All right. Cheers, Sarah. And (laughs) we'll spend the, the remainder of the show talking about AEW. And boy, have we got some news for you. Uh, but that'll be our main our main story for tonight. Uh, but first, some bad news coming out of AEW. Anna Jay has injured her shoulder during training and is expected to be out for six to twelve months. Uh, Damn it. Go. I mean, we know we've talked about Anna Jay, you know, many times on Saturday Draft Live, and how she's been such a, a valuable commodity to AEW. Like, how much does this set? Does do you think this is a, a major setback for uh, not just Anna Jay herself, but the women's division of AEW? Women's division, yes, because I think Anna Jay is one of the the bright spots of the AEW women's division. Um, and you're right, I first heard about her because of Saturday Draft Live. Uh, like that, is, <laughs> uh, that, our points tally on that show was incredible and a great get the first season that she came in during the Dark Order. Um, but I, I do have to say that I think it will hurt the women's division not having her there because I think she has been a revelation since she's joined AEW. However, I do not think it will hurt Anna Jay in the long run energy has potential energy is a star she will be one of the cornerstones of that division or any division that she steps into for years to come and injuries happen in wrestling unfortunately it's the nature of the beast but i'm not going to sit here and say that energy's career is over because of what happens energy's career is just beginning you know and she'll come back from this stronger than ever mm-hmm. yeah i hope so you know it's uh it's sort of in the shadow of, you know, just over a year ago where, you know, Chris Statlander had uh, had that career-threatening injury as well. And Sarah, she's, uh, Anna Jay, as a result of this injury, has now been replaced in the Women's Eliminator Tournament. Uh, who, can you remind me who she's been replaced with? Um, I can't remember the girl's name, but she is the protege of Thunder Rosa. That's her, yeah. Um, but those matches took place on Monday, so they've already happened. She was already replaced and, you know... Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, got a nice easy win. Darth Baker, and, the Star Wars hater. Uh, the Star Wars hater, but also, you know, one of my picks in the draft. And she's going to be going on to a, sh- like, to a match on Dynamite against Nyla Rose. Mm-hmm. So, 
and then、yeah. she's going to she's going to then progress, and she's going to progress, and then she's going to take on Hikaru Shida at Revolution, and then she's going to fucking win because it's about time. <laughs> Sarah, I'm just going to say this to you now. Dave's far too nice. If I was still the host of Saturday Draft Live, I'd be saying she was the worst round two pick of all time. I just got to be honest <laughs> with you. You had Kenny Omega sitting there. You had Kenny Omega sitting there, and you took the dentist. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, Sarah, but as a current host of Saturday Draft Live, with all fairness, I, I will gladly take it. It's been a long time. Remember, I have not technically been part of the draft since what season three. <laughs> Are you saying you've got ring rust? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I've got ring rust, and you know, me and Jack, we're, we're still trying to figure this whole tag team thing out. And I mean, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. But you know, that's actually that's a good I'm, answer. <laughs> I'm taking it lightly, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to accept all the shit that comes in my direction because, yes. I did have Kenny Omega sitting there, and there's he goes to Shaq. <laughs> no, let's not take the champions because they're a liability. <laughs> But Kenny Omega, no, they're a liability. Let's take the dentist.、Uh, speaking <laughs> of,、uh, speaking of Kenny Omega,、uh, we have the main event of AEW Revolution announced、uh, this last、uh, that past week on AEW. It's going to be he's going to be facing John Moxley in an exploding barbed wire death match. Now. I have to be honest. I've never seen this type of match before because that's.、Uh, oh, yeah, I, I know. Not, I'll need to send you. I'll I imagine, need to send you footage of one.、Yeah, I imagine this is something you'd see in like CZW or maybe even in a few like New Japan、um, promotions as well. Is that、um, would that be fair to say? I'm pretty sure Daniel went and showed me one of the matches, and I'm pretty sure it's in TNA. I'm pretty sure they have done it in TNA.、Um, but yeah. I will find the footage and I will I will send you one exploding barbed wire match. So basically, what the concept should be is that the ring is completely encased in barbed wire,、mm-hmm. and then if you hit the if you hit the like hit the ropes, pyro goes off and it explodes. Right, and is it just the? It has to happen that one time, for no, it happens all the time. Oh no, no, it explodes so, every single time. So you have to so you have to win by pinfall or submission. I mean, it's no, a death no, match. Oh、so、yeah! You blow them to slam it by the ends. That, that's what I get. You kill them. It's a death match. I thought we were going to see a death. I, I mean, it, it, false advertising. If、it's、we don't, it's also a, it's also a death match. You can die by explosion. I, I love this type of match, Dave. You're saying it was not your type of. This my. I've never watched match, it. I, I can't judge on it because I've never my, watched it. My favorite match involved. Barbed wire and fire. It was it was Edge versus Foley at WrestleMania 22. That's still、yeah. my favorite match of all time. If this is taking that up to the nth degree, I like a bit of gore. I've I mean, seen with, Saw. All right, I can't wait for this. Let's do it. With all fairness, <laughs> you've got the crazy John Moxley and the just as crazy Kenny Omega. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have seen some of his like stuff in DDT.、Mm-hmm. Just ask Grant. And we'll try and get you some footage because he is just off his rocker. Like, see, Stephen Stampede. <laughs> that was influenced by Mr. Kenny Omega, right? That's just the that's just a tiny bit bit of crazy. He is off his rocker, like、yeah. to do crazy stuff. I mean, he teams with Kota Ibushi, and we all know what goes on. In, well, actually, no, we don't know what goes on inside, inside Kota Ibushi's mind, but not the point. <laughs> right? They're just as crazy as each other. So it's going to be madness. It's a death match. There is barbed wire. There is going to be explosions. Somebody is going to get blown to smithereens, and then、yep. somebody is going to yell, "Oh my God, you killed Kenny!" 
you back. <laughs> this is why. See, this is it. I am. This is the most hyped I've been for an AEW pay per view event because for a company and listen. I actually like AW. It seems like I come on this show and I always have a complaint, right? But the company pitched themselves as the alternative to WWE. You know, the the more the indie fans, big promotion. You know what I mean? This is the type of match I've been wanting to see in AEW. I want to see a death match. I don't get to see that in Monday Night Raw. That's where I get a fucking corn dog and a pole match you know what I mean which is fine sometimes hardwire give me the explosions give me a South Park reference you know what I mean like like just give me that on a plate you know with fries you know and possibly a bucket of chicken I'm hungry it's gravy I digress (laughs) and a vanilla shake (laughs) other shakes are available (laughs) yeah uh, yeah, so I think it's safe to say we're all hyped for this uh, this barbed wire death match or exploding barbed wire death match, I should say. Yeah, you can't forget it explodes. Explosion. Yeah. Explodes. It's, mwah, everything's, no. everything's, everything's better with explosions. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> but that wasn't the big news to come out of AEW this week. In fact, the biggest news came out no more than just a couple hours ago at time of recording. And well, it's Paul White aka the big show he has now signed with AEW like go it says could this be the big show's biggest ever heel turn in his 25 year career <laughs> big show has turned heel and face uh, in the last five hours 37 times uh, reports are suggesting um but we put this out to the the instagram followers dave and when we asked is this the biggest defection of the wednesday night wars to this point and it's 100 percent yes from the followers of ussr at the present time this is bigger than moxley this is bigger than moxley and i'll tell you why you look at a guy like john moxley right you look at a guy like cody to an extent there's indie credibility there there's the assumption that if they left you know, they can go and be successful in the Indies. They can go and be with our pals, the boys, you know, go the back boys. to the elite. <laughs> yeah, too sweet, all that jazz. You know what I mean? Big Show seemed like a WWE lifer. He's been there since, what, 99? 95. If I'm not mistaken. 95. 95. 95. Look at that. Even longer. Bef- since before I was born. Since right. I was four. Right, right. I was four. Yeah, I was right. four as well. I wasn't born because I am the youth of ESSR, but anyway. <laughs> Shut up, me and David Turns are this year. Don't make it ma- don't make it bad, all right? Don't do that. The, the point stands that no one expected someone like Big Show to defect to AEW. And now that it's happened, all bets are off. All bets are off. If Big Show can go to AEW, anyone can go to AEW. Like all right. Christian. Yeah. What I suggest that WWE needs to do, if I was Vince McMahon today, I would be getting out fucking big checkbook, looking at it. How much my can pants. I, <laughs> yeah. How much can I pay him? Chris Jericho, here's fifty million dollars to come back to WWE. He because do the, it. <laughs> they need to make they need to make a statement because if they allow Big Show to go to AEW with no ramifications for it and they just let it go and they just let it stand, oh my god, can you imagine who goes next? Think of the talent. 
think of the blue, the fucking Mr. Blue Sky ELO people, right, who are tweeting out and they're like, oh, I'm not sure, I'm a bit trepidatious, should I leave, should I not? Oh, Big Show's left, Big Show's at AW. Anyone can go. No one needs to be loyal now. This is pivotal news in the wrestling industry and mm. things will never, ever be the same again. <laughs> uh, I mean, thank you, Jericho. It's, it's absolute madness. I mean, when... It was like I said today before we came on the recording. I had barely stepped through the door when Daniel came running to me and he went, You'll never guess what's happened. And I'm like, <laughs> What could have happened in the five minutes it takes me to drive from my work to the flat? It literally takes me five minutes. It's a five minute drive from my work to my flat. Do you know who you were? You were trying community when it comes back in with a pizza. <laughs> just everything's burning around. <laughs> oh, no, I've seen, I've seen that meme used already. That's probably okay. broken into a broken, undisputed era. That's exactly what I was. I got in. I barely even taken one of my shoes off. He's like, you'll never guess what's happened. He shows me the picture. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? So this yeah, is when yeah. you see me going, oh my god, oh my god, guys, you need to see this. Like, surely <laughs> not, surely not. <laughs> and then just everything blew up. I went, I've not even read. It's like at this point, I hadn't even read the press release. So I was just like, he's in a suit. He's in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fake when you sent it, Sarah. Yeah. I was like, no chance. Yeah, no it's just chance. Like, the, like the wee random graphics that you see is like, oh, such and such is all elite. You yeah. see it all the time. But no, because it came from actually, actually came from AEW along with a press release that is going to be commentating on AEW Dark, which is like their main YouTube channel, and then they're introducing a brand new um, YouTube show called Dark Elevation that mm-hmm. he's also going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, which more of that will obviously come tonight when Dynamite is on. So that'll be like a big talking point next week, probably on Central. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I actually have a quote from oof. Tony Khan. This was uh, from this was from Variety. He said, uh, Tony Khan says, Paul White is one of the most recognizable and impressive professional athletes in the world. Uh, he wanted to come to AEW because he believes that we're the best promotion in wrestling. And we believe that he has a lot to offer us, both in the ring as a wrestler and also outside the ring as a commentator, host and ambassador for AEW. Paul is one of the most experienced stars in all of wrestling and he's eager to work with our diverse roster. He can benefit and guide our young talent with his mentorship and his expert commentary on AEW Dark Elevation will educate and entertain our fans and also educate the younger wrestlers on the roster. Furthermore, Paul enters AEW as a licensed wrestler and he's very much looking forward to studying our talent firsthand from the commentary desk in preparation for his return to the ring. So it's not just like a mentor or commentary role he's taking. He, yeah. could, still, he could still be competing at the almost ripe age of 50. This is the danger. The, the key statement in that is we believe he has a lot to offer. Mm-hmm. WWE could have given Big Show a big producer role. They could have had him go down and be a pivotal trader down in NXT. If he wanted to do commentary, why not move Barrett to SmackDown? You know, with, with Colin Graves, make a three-man desk, give Big Show a spot on NXT, or even give Big Show a try in SmackDown. You've got a guy who is, as Tony Khan says, a universally recognisable wrestler. Oh yeah, who doesn't know who the big show is? Like, yeah. He's, he falls into the same category as like, well, maybe not as high profile as like, you know, The Rock, Stone Cold or Undertaker, but people do know who 
the Big Show is because he's been around that yeah. long. He was he was dubbed as the world's largest athlete. And, you know that moniker alone would want to get eyes on the product to see. Okay, let's see how big this guy really is. And holy crap, this guy is actually she's, massive. She's, I've seen him. Yeah. I've seen him perform live at a SmackDown live event, and I kid you not, the guy yeah. is a freak of nature. Massive. He's the same level of recognizability as Kane Angle and Foley. I'd say. I'm you know, you could group him. those guys together. He's on yeah. par with Kane, at least, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'd say this. WWE need to be looking at the people they've got in their Legends contracts <laughs> and thinking, pick up the now. phone today, fucking get Uncle Paul on the phone today, you know, because he's the only one who seems to be able to appease people. You know, Vince, Vince just isn't good at it anymore. Get Uncle Paul on the phone today, and he'll be like, yeah, Kane, how you feeling okay? Do you want to do more, you know, just like make sure they're all right. Make sure no one else is going to jump shit. You know. I mean, when you've got people like on the Legends contract, like Ric Flair knocking up Lacey Evans, you kind of feel like there's no hope for the Legends of WWE. If yeah, his story's over, I'd be. Sh- if I was WWE right now, I'd be like, Rick, do you want to do something else? Rick, are you sure there's nothing else you want? To- no, you're not going to go to AEW. Okay, nope. thank you, Rick. Thank We're you. We're gonna kill you off now. We'll kill off Rick <laughs> <laughs> He tries I mean, to step out the door to go to Florida to, to, to go, and they're just like Vince is standing there with a shotgun. He's like, "Fuck <laughs> well, No one else is going. <laughs> if I can't have him, no one can. <laughs> well, for, like, see something that David mentioned in that press release of <sighs> like Big Show saying that AEW is the best company right now. That's not the first piss take that I've seen of WWE this week so I I was watching Impact before we came on mm. and it was Brian Myers formerly known you know as one half of the Edgeheads Kurt Hawkins yeah <laughs> Kurt Hawkins <laughs> and he's possibly going into a rivalry with Matt Cardona formerly known as Zack Ryder right <laughs> but what Scott Demore wanted to do was an eye for an eye match and then he went on to go and take the piss out of the eye for the eye match. He's like, of course it's nonsense. Why would you have someone trying to take someone's eye out and then have it be okay two weeks later? <laughs> like that, I was howling. That That's was not my favourite. My favourite cross-company uh, <laughs> reference this week was when Brian was saying that he can't trust Kevin Owens. And he's like, I'm sure I'm missing somebody. I mean, I should have made a list. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's good to his never mind <laughs> yeah anyway uh, but yeah going back to Big Show now um, WWE has responded accordingly like his profile's been moved to the alumni section as do oh yeah as... they really showed him <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you reckon what do you reckon's gonna happen now with all the the footage of him in the past do you think they're just gonna uh, what's the word like uh Benoit, they're not going to go all Benoit on them. No, they won't. They won't Benoit, but do you think they'll? They'll they'll punk them then. I can't believe believe Benoit's now turned into like you know a noun and a verb, and you're like, (laughs) at the very least, they'll punk them. You know, like they're Mm. they're not going to mention. They'll use a term from the gold standard TV show Shark Tank. All right, if Vince McMahon is Mister Wonderful, (laughs) Big Show is now dead to him. All right, like, like it does not matter. Like, it does not matter anymore. It's like remember that time we had the world's largest athlete. Now that's going to be almost, almost is now going to be the world's largest athlete. Mm. <laughs> Pretty sure almost is taller than Big Show as well. I'm so angry that AJ Styles stole him from Akira Tozawa and nothing happened, like no repercussions or anything. 
Well, no disrespect to Akira Tozawa, but I think Omos is actually getting a lot more screen time when he's with AJ Styles and he's, you know, getting yeah, a bit more personality around him. A large ninja next to a tiny Japanese man. Come on! There's comedy in that! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but AJ Styles isn't that big either. He's only like 5'11". Yeah, That's I know. It's like, it's like Omos in the tiny club. Yeah. yeah, Styles plays that so well, though. But like, oh. what in terms of dream matches for Big Show, right? I Shaq. really <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> hey, Shaq's already wrestling Cody Rhodes next week. I'm pretty sure it's next week that he's wrestling yeah, yeah. Cody Rhodes in a tag team match with you know Jade and Velvet Red Velvet. So mm. Mm. yeah, but actually, do you know who I would like to see Big Show face if he was to get in the ring in AEW? Mm. Luchasaurus. I would yes. Love that. I would yes. love him to go up against Marco Stunt. Oh, it's like oh Tiny versus Big. We've already like I've already shown you screenshots of Marco Stunt like proper fangirling out about this. So, but nice. I, I would like to see like what happens when he's going to be teaming with Excalibur and most likely Taz on Dark. I mean that's going to be some duel. No, no, some no. Trio. Oh my god. Let me tell you this. Right, <laughs> the universe is going to implode. All right implode I tell you when Big Show faces off against my favourite wrestler of all time alright Big Show versus Wardlow is going to sell out Ooh. Madison Square Garden I'm telling you Wardlow you know if you're out there alright you better beat the Big Show because you're oh the future God. of professional wrestling see imagine if this is when the Sammy Guevara comes back and Big Show is now part of Sammy Guevara's stable oh, <laughs> a tag team can you imagine a Sammy Show tag that team against show. MGF I and Jericho oh my god yeah that's what's happening you've, you've us cracked the code we can all go home now yeah, Central's over don't, don't forget to check us out on Bebo <laughs> and MySpace all the social media <laughs> Yeah, uh, well, you sort of did my job for me here, Goat, but I'll. Uh, <laughs> I, dig- I digress. We're, we're all. Ah, uh, uh, the micro host gets micro hosted. How yeah. the tables have turned. <laughs> oh, the shoes on the other foot here. <laughs> well, um, for for, any, for all our listeners uh, listening in, who do you want to see uh, Big Show facing AEW and what role would you like to see him? Are you most looking forward to seeing him do? If that's. Uh, our community page is open. Our Twitter page is open. Uh, leave us your comments uh, on at Suplex Retweet on Twitter and the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet community page on Facebook. Uh, and if you enjoyed this week's episode of Central, we'll be back next week with another episode of all the, the news that's going on. Uh, be sure to follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor and all good Android podcasting sites. Uh, the Central shows come out every Thursday and our feature shows come out every Tuesday. Now, this Tuesday... Uh, we had the NXT Mount Rushmore show that came out this week. So where we discuss who we would put on our NXT Mount Rushmore. A lot of debate mm. happened on Billy that show. Um, I'll tell you, I was ready to kill someone when it looked like <laughs> Shayna wasn't making that Mount Rushmore. I was, spoiler, uh, spoiler alert! Uh, it's already out, it can't be a sharpened, spoiler. You know, and I'll tell you, do you know what's coming up in the next feature show, Dave? Do you know what the next one is? Uh, what is it? Please tell me. I will be shooting at the walls of heartache. Bang, bang. I am the warrior. The Glow Trilogy is complete. Glow <laughs> Season 3 review returns to the airwaves. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you heard it here. Next week, our feature show will be Glow Season 3, covered by the GOAT, David Campbell. 
Uh, this Sunday, we have Coast Showdown 8, Legends of Wrestling, which you can catch on our YouTube channel. And the semi-final of our, our second semi-final of the Book It Tournament is also out on our YouTube channel, where you'll see who gets to face yours truly in the final of the Booker T Rofi Tournament. So mm. all that and more uh, on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. Be sure to check out all those channels uh, at your leisurely, leisurely pleasure. So... Um, <laughs> Sorry, leisurely pleasure. I don't know. I doubled the words. I meant to say leisure, and then it was like, "At your pleasure," which is so. Just combine the two. Oh, what a good show! You know what? This is like the equivalent of Chandler going that Donald Trump wants his blue blazer black. (laughs) (laughs) You messed it up. Are you always this bad at finishing, Dave? That's my question. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a stats guy. Numbers are my thing. Words often. I'm a stats man. <laughs> but anyway, thank you to my panelists. Firstly, the goat, David Campbell. It's been a pleasure. I can't wait to do uh, my central next month because I'm a one month guy. You know, you, you can't have too much go. You know, you'll get sick of me, <laughs> just like the team here at ESSR. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you to Sarah and Percy. I mean, you'll probably hear me on central next week because I've done like, you know, three out of the four this month. But. <laughs> What a great way to welcome Sarah back after, you know, a two or three month hiatus. Woo! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've been David Hockney. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Central. And we'll see you next time. Well, you may go for NXT from Mount Rushmore. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quest Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.